This is episode 511 of the AWS podcast, released on March 20, 2022. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to the AWS Podcast. So I'm Leisha here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Joe Fitzgerald, who's General Manager of S3 Glacier here at AWS. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. Uh, thanks, Simon. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of storage stuff um, because everyone has to deal with storage at some point and only the numbers change. But speaking of numbers, uh, there's an interesting fact about you that I learned, which is that you are a 20-year veteran at Amazon, which is pretty remarkable given that um, yeah, Amazon hasn't been around that long in general, but also has a lot of people who have joined more recently. I mean, often people say, oh, Simon, you've been there nearly 10 years, you know, you're so old. Um, but you're young, Joe. <laughs> but you, I'd like to think you, so. You've been doing stuff for 20 years at Amazon. Tell me a bit about what you've been doing in that time. Well, it's 21, actually. Uh, oh, but who, you get the key to the door. Congratulations. Who, who's counting? Uh, yeah, I, I like to joke that my uh, Amazon badge uh, reached uh, Amazon drinking age. So, um, no, it's it's been an awesome uh, awesome journey uh, for sure. I joined the company back in August of 2000 as an SDE in the Amazon Fulfillment Center group. So we were responsible for all the logistics and the software logistics that go into kind of order processing. And as you can imagine, back then it was, and still is, but like, you know, especially back then, it was just very exciting, very trailblazing, uh, kind of didn't know what very we were new, doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how I started with the company and then taking a lot of different roles uh, since then. And that's, I think, one of the great things at, at Amazon is that uh, many of our senior business leaders have a, a really strong technical background. So, you know, you're, you're, you're able to bring both the, I guess, the complexities of building software versus the view of how hard can it be to customer problems and specifically, you know, Glacier in this case, but other things. So you, you sort of really embodied that customer obsession that we talk about. Yeah, for sure. I, I think customer obsession has been kind of every role I've had has had a dimension to that. But especially, uh, you know, early on, I think that was, uh, you know, just kind of getting uh, orders out the door as quickly as possible. And, you know, just kind of inventing delivery at the scale that Amazon was delivering was just something uh, to be part of that early on was very, very special. Yeah, you learn you learn some interesting lessons when you're operating at scale. Now, obviously, now you're the, the general manager for S3 Glacier. Is it true that you took that role simply to solve your own photo storage issues? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So uh, I guess no would be the answer to that question. But <laughs> is it a no with a but? I know with a but. Yeah, I think a, a fun fact is that I, I think I've, I've used many AWS services over time, but the, the most recurring one actually has been uh, Glacier, which is my you know terabyte of uh, you know photos and other things that I have kind of laying around. So uh, I use kind of one of uh, AWS's partners to kind of back up the data to Glacier and you know get my you know, very low storage bill per month. So uh, Occasionally, I'll kind of bump up again if I'm uh, testing out other services. But uh, Glacier has been one that I've been using for the longest time. So, nice. uh, so that's a it's a good piece of trivia. No, I, I was uh, um, I'd been in the developer tools group for uh, about ten years, which is an awesome space and just really uh, fun to kind of connect with internal and external developers. But it was just uh, it was the right fit for me at the right time in terms of uh, taking on a new challenge and just uh, what's awesome about being an S3 at Glacier is. Is it's uh, it's an established business, but it's still very much day one in terms of what we're doing and what we're inventing mm -hmm. here. So uh, it was just a fun opportunity to uh, try out something new, and uh, been grateful for the team supporting me for the ride. 
Well, I love that um, you know you come from a background of dealing with things at scale because if there's something about data and the archival of data, it's it's a scale problem, isn't it? I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, stuff is going. Give, give us a feel for what customers are facing in terms of the problem domain. You know, we've all kind of got a, a personal one terabyte nightmare of photos. Sure, but let's let's think about it on the on the grand scale. Well, I, I think customers are just at, at this stage generating un, an unprecedented amount of data and uh, struggling to you know, figure out what to what to do with all that data and how to manage that. So I think the awesome thing about uh, AWS and S3 is just the elastic nature of what we provide and the ability to you know, store your data in the cloud um, for any number of different reasons, whether that's, um, you know, data retention and, you know, ensuring that it's durable and available and there when you need it, you know, op- optimizing for cost. We have a lot of different options uh, in terms of different price performance of our storage classes and and really just unlocking the agility of your data and un- agility of your business and being able to take advantage of the cloud, uh, take advantage of the power of AWS in ways that I think uh, were, were not possible uh, 5, 10, 15 years ago. And I think that reinvention is really important because, you know, IDC talks about the volume of data growing 40 to 50% year on year, which is scary numbers. That's crazy. Uh, on, top, on top of a very large base. Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not just like a small amount of data. I mean, there's like <laughs> no, tons exactly. of data. Yeah. And you've got to pay for that. You've got to pay to store it. And and, and I think one of the, the challenges of archival is, is it's, it's kind of deals with that data that we can't confidently delete it. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily know what we have. And and then you've got sort of a, a variety of issues, which is one, could I use this data for something? But also, do I know I can even get access to that? Like if it's on a bunch of tapes, et cetera, right. the data might come back, it might not. Let's let's pick away at that, what, what you see customers saying. Yeah, well, you bring up a few important points. Uh, I mean, first of all, most of the world's data is cold by its by its very nature. Uh, it's not, you know, you have a lot of data, but you're not necessarily accessing all of it at any one time. So there's in- inherently different tiers of data. And depending upon kind of how you manage your data, that could be something that, uh, you know, you're keeping uh, like on-premise and, you know, dealing with the operational cost or, you know, or it could be something that's like really important, but but not getting the, the care, love and attention that it needs. So that could be, you know, in some tapes in a closet or, or off-premise where you, where you don't necessarily know what's, what's happening to it. And, you know, I think the thing about archival data is uh, some of that data could be, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of an enterprise's most important data. So that's something that we really um, you know, pay attention to in terms of uh, managing archive data. And I think it's interesting too that that durability piece is fiendishly difficult. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I worked in storage back in the day and totally. uh, I used to work at a backup company. One of the things we had to recommend to customers when they're doing their archival tapes is, hey, you know, when you box those tapes up, you better box up the drive as well because yeah. there's no guarantee <laughs> in the you know, 20 years time where you want to restore this, you know, whatever version tape it is, that you can even find the drive. Yeah, completely. No, I, that, I mean, that's like one of the awesome uh, things about building archive as a service in the cloud is, you know, we take care of that undifferentiated heavy lifting and, and managing the data so that you don't have to worry about that. And that's something that we have, uh, you know, I think unmatched expertise in, in terms of uh, looking after the resiliency and durability of customers' data. Yeah, that, that data better be there when you want it. And, and I think what's been interesting with S3 Glacier is, you know, we, we offer this and we're the first ones to really offer a, a cold storage option in the, in the public mm-hmm. cloud space. But we've been innovating because one of the beautiful things, I think, is whenever we release a service to customers is they find a whole lot of stuff they want to do with it or things it doesn't do that they wish it did. And we just keep innovating. So I think, um, for example, you, you introduced instant retrieval just late last year. 
Yeah, that's right. And I, I think one of the important things about Glacier is we, we, we refer to it as S3 Glacier because it's part of the uh, S3 object storage offering. And I think the awesome part about that is that we have purpose-built storage for archival with Glacier, but you, you get to take advantage of the entire S3 ecosystem and all the function and capabilities uh, with that. So, uh, and I think S3 Glacier Instant Retrieval, which we launched uh, at reInvent this past year, I think is a great example of that. For those you know, S3 Glacier Instant Retrieval is our newest archive storage class. And uh, the, the name kind of describes it in that it offers uh, instant retrieval for data. So a lot of archives, some of that data is, is something that's like really uh, cold and something that you don't really need to access very immediately. And, and you can wait minutes to hours to get that data back. But there's also, we're finding that there's lots of archives that customers have where it's uh, it's a large amount of data. The chance of accessing any Part of that data is pretty low, but when you do need to access that data, you want to get it back right away. So, so what we love about Glacier Instant Retrieval is you get a very low storage price, but you also get the immediacy and the synchronicity of accessing that data. Yeah, it's that weird sort of clash that you have of, hey, I want this storage to be as cheap as possible, mm-hmm. but it better be really fast. And you, usually you can have fast and ch- or cheap, but you can't have both. And you kind of, um, you know, you kind of bring the peanut butter and the jelly together here. Yeah, yeah, we, we're uh, we're really excited about, it and uh, it's it's resonated with customers as well. So I want to dive a bit more deeply into some of these S3 storage classes as well, because you know, again, if if you'll permit me, the back in the day, in my day, <laughs> we used to discuss endlessly how wonderful it would be to have a fully integrated tiered storage system where data moved automatically based on policy to the cheapest and most performance storage for the purpose that it had without having to have agents on the server and management tools and also nothing, you know, nothing spoke to each other. You just, you couldn't do it. We could dream of it, but we couldn't do it. And, you know, I was thinking the other day how we, we get to live that through these S3 storage classes. So let's, let's maybe dive into those and how they help customers move the data around. Yeah, I mean, S3 has, I think, the most options for storing your data and, and matching customers' uh, use cases and retrieval patterns and uh, requirements with the different offerings that we have. And it kind of you know starts with S3 Standard, which is our uh, default storage class, which has the highest performance, uh, and it goes all the way down to uh, S3 Glacier Deep Archive, which is our for long-time archiving, and that offers the lowest storage in the cloud. Uh, it still gives all the durability of uh, the other storage classes. And I think what you were describing in terms of, you know, the automation and the uh, intelligence, you're pretty much describing S3 intelligent tiering, uh, which is a storage class for automatic cost savings. And, and that storage class is great for cases where you have data and the access pattern and how how quickly you need to kind of get at that data is either unknown because it's difficult to determine you know what what type of data you have and how often you need to access it or the access pattern is changing so the beauty of intelligent tiering is is we kind of do the heavy lifting of cost optimization for you so that you can kind of get a great storage price that you know is optimized based on retrieval patterns and uh, leave kind of the automation and uh, analytics to us and, and customers love that uh, that capability. It's I think something yes. that only a, only only can do a place like AWS. It's, it's I think it's amazing because it's it's really saying hey let, let's let the computers do what computers do well, which is you know take lots of trend data and make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, instead of having the poor storage administrator going, well, is this you know long term, medium term? You know, 
we're humans. We get it wrong. We do our best, but mm-hmm. we get it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Using actual data. <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, depending on, you know, some customers will have the, you know, specific, uh, you know, insights or optimizations where they will want to have that like fine grade control. And that's great. We have lots of capabilities for customers to actively manage the storage classes, uh, you know, the, where they store their data. But, you know, I think a lot of uh you know, a lot of customers don't want to bother with that and, you know, leave it to AWS to take care of that. And they're loving the uh, the cost, the, the built-in cost savings they get with intelligent tiering. And, and I think the interesting thing is this all happens at like just an, an astronomical scale. I mean, I know when I, I get to talk to customers, you know, yeah, there are customers who have, yeah, I've got a terabyte, I've got a few terabytes, but more often than not, it's petabytes, it's exabytes that we're talking about and just a, a, a data point to share. You know, Amazon S3 has more than 200 trillion objects and averages over 100 million requests per second, which is just mind-blowing. But to give you some context, that's 26,000 objects per person on Earth. We've all got a lot of photos. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing when you put it that way, Simon. Yeah, the, the numbers are massive. So let's dive deep. Let's dive deep into the S3 Glacier storage classes and really how do they fit into the storage mental model and strategy of our customers? Yeah, that's a good question. I think what we find is that customers have uh, a diverse range of storage going from you know fast access data that is part of uh, an application for which EBS might be uh, a good use case you know, to um, general purpose like object storage where, you know, S3 standard or S3 standard infrequent access might be uh, a good use case to, you know, the very long tail of, um, you know, cold and archive storage. So uh, Glacier fits into the the latter half there in terms of the, the archive part of uh, S3 object storage. And we have three storage classes in Glacier that are purpose-built for customers' archive storage use cases, uh, largely dependent upon the price performance that they're looking for in their application. So we talked already about Glacier Instant Retrieval, which is the uh, one which has the fastest price performance. So that's data that you want to get back in milliseconds. So it's a great use case, like a a canonical use case that we often talk about is uh, in the healthcare care and life sciences industry, you might have, uh, you know, patient records where you have tons of patient records, uh, you know, x-rays, mm-hmm. um, you know, scans, imaging, and you don't really need that data at any, uh, you know, great degree of regularity, but you might be at yeah. a doctor's office, you might be going to see a specialist, they might want to pull that up and you want to get that data back, uh, you know, right away. So Glacier Instant Retrieval is great for that, like archive use case where immediacy is really important. And then you kind of go down the spectrum. In the middle, we have Glacier Flexible Retrieval. That's a storage class we we renamed at reInvent last year. It used to be S3 Glacier. And with the three different storage classes, we wanted to better help customers understand the different uh, storage classes we have. So we're now calling that S3 Glacier Flexible Retrieval. And that's a great option for uh, data that is uh, cold and you want a, a little bit of a lower price point. And we have retrieval options in uh, minutes to hours. So if you can wait a little bit longer, you don't need the you know millisecond. But if, if some of that data you need to get back on the order of minutes, we have an option there. More hours kind of depending upon the retrieval pattern. And the other cool thing with Glacier Flexible Retrieval is we bulk retrievals are free. So if you need to get back uh, data and use our bulk retrieval option, you don't have to pay the retrieval costs. 
And then lastly, I mentioned it earlier, we have Glacier Deep Archive. Uh, Glacier Deep Archive is our lowest cost storage offering in the cloud. Um, it's a dollar per terabyte per month in our largest regions. And Deep Archive is great for uh, long-time archiving, uh, digital preservation, and it's great if it's data that you expect to be cold and that you you know it's there. And if you if you need to get access to it, you can get access to it. But you're comfortable waiting on the orders of hours to get it back uh, when you do. So so those are kind of the three archive uh, offerings that we have. And like we talked about earlier, uh, S3 Intelligent Tiering is a great storage class that transcends kind of all of the S3 kind mm. of capabilities and uh, has archive capabilities as well. And, and I think one of the interesting things thinking about Glacier and Archive is is that people often say, well, hang on, you know, what, what would I pay if I'm buying a, a hard drive, a physical hard drive or a tape? Um, and that's not a good comparison because one of the beauties of, of S3 Glacier is you're out of the hardware refresh business. Mm-hmm. You're out of the data integrity business. You're out of the metadata business. You're out of the security control business. You're like all these things you had to manage. I mean, I was involved in many a storage upgrade. Even think about the simple things like, you know, if I have 100 terabytes of storage that I want to replace, well, now I need a new storage array or tape drive library, I should say, that, that has to take floor space up while I do the swing, move it across. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a whole lot of undifferentiated. Like there is so much that's gone away. Yeah. Um, just the peace of mind. It's, it's, yeah, the peace of mind. Exactly. Plus then you've got, you know, data protection, the ability to lock data for a compliance purpose. Like there's all this stuff. But maybe let's let's focus from the technology into the, the the business and the industries. Like, which industries really get their arms around this and use it intensely? Oh, well, pretty much every industry, Simon. I mean, I, I can't think of an industry that doesn't have data and doesn't have uh, archive data. So, um, you know, we, we're pretty represented in, in just about every industry vertical. You know, I, I think there are some that we we deal with more frequently. You know, a, a very common one is in media and entertainment, and it, it's not really hard to imagine if you think about television companies and movie studios, they're generating tons and tons of data, whether that's you know, part of, uh, you know, digital native businesses that might be shooting, you know, very high definition shows and movies, or or whether that's industries that have decades and decades of original content. Uh, mm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just such a great fit for them because they're able to store their data and optimize costs and really unlock the the full potential of their businesses. Like we've had a few you know, different, uh, different companies just really, uh, you know, t- they had tapes that were just kind of on premise. They weren't really doing anything with them. No one really knew how to access them. They migrated those to AWS and, and were really to, able to unlock new capabilities by taking advantage of the storage of S3 as well as the uh, rest of the AWS ecosystem in terms of uh, powering their uh, their media workflow. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. You, you know, if we reflect on the early days of media, particularly television, there's some pretty horrific stories of great shows that were recorded over because they needed the tape to record the football game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like all these things are lost forever, and and these still all exist. There's, there's organizations like um you know like scientific organizations that have petabytes of data in basements yeah and, that needs to be surfaced and used again yeah and i mean the great thing about glacier and, and aws is they can store that data indefinitely at a very low cost but have access to it when they need it and, and just being able to you know invoke an api to get at that data so you might not know when you're gonna need to take advantage of it uh but it, it's just there and you know like i said depending upon uh, how quickly you need to get at that data 
you know, if, if you have like breaking news segments, you might want to keep some of that data in Glacier Instant Retrieval. That way you can kind of get at that in milliseconds. But if you have, you know, like original content that you want to, you know, put into the archive, but then you know that you're going to be coming out with like a director's cut of that, you can kind of retrieve that. So, and especially for, uh, you know, studios that are just like generating tons and tons of data right now, you know, not mm-hmm. having to make that that choice between do I do I keep it or do I delete it, you can kind of just simplify that by just, you know, archiving it to the cloud and, uh, you know, take advantage of the economics and uh, being able to unlock your business in the future is a really good value proposition that I think customers are just taking advantage of. So it sounds like, you know, if, if you're going to archive data or store data, then Glacier in, in S3 is the place to do it. And Joe, it sounds like your team's going to be working real hard to uh, continue innovating for our customers. Yeah. I, I mean, we uh, were never done, you know, building the product and making it better. And uh, I think the awesome thing about being in AWS is just talking with customers and hearing how they're using our product and finding ways to make it better for them. Fantastic. Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Simon. It was a real privilege to be here. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And yes, the AWS Podcast is stored on S3 and <laughs> archived to Glacier. And until next time, thanks for being a customer. <laughs> thanks, Joe.